Hello and thank you for joining us. Welcome to Zooming In on Hate, a podcast series that brings together the brightest minds to figure out solutions to hate speech and disinformation. So we regularly speak to various voices from tech, civil society, law enforcement and policymakers to identify and analyse the latest social media trends. This webinar is part of the European Observatory of Online Hate, or EOOH in short, and today we have a very special edition for you on the upcoming French presidential elections. My name is Lydia Elkouri and I'm from Texgain. And my name is Hannah Richter, I'm the campaign manager at Dare to be Grey. So we're really, really pleased to welcome Javier Brandau, who is the co-founder of the Je Suis La Collective in France, which counters online hate and disinformation, and he's the president of the Je Suis La Association. He works as the network development officer for I Am Here International and created a website which lists common prejudices and misconceived ideas that can be countered online. Prior to that, Javier was launching and managing social and sustainable businesses and projects in developing countries. Javier, thanks so much for joining us on Zooming In on Hate. And just to get the ball rolling, can you tell us a little bit about the work you do at Je suis là? Yeah, uh, thank you, Lydia and uh, Hannah, for having me. Um, so, yeah, our work at Je suis là uh, and I am here is uh, really focused on counter speech uh, against uh, online hate. Uh, so it's online hate and disinformation as well. So both uh, are usually very uh, linked uh, and appear together. So what we do is that we uh, write messages, we we express against online hate uh, or, or, or fake news or disinformation or misinformation when we see it on social media. So we are mostly active on Facebook. Uh, we are Facebook groups, we are Facebook communities uh, in various countries. So now the I Am Here network is like uh, 18 countries, 15 groups. And at Je suis là, we are the French-speaking group, uh, mostly French people, but also Belgium uh, and Swiss uh, uh, French-speaking people. So uh, now we are 6,000 people and, and we've been existing for, for three years. Wow, Javier, that's so impressive. 6,000 people, I, I didn't realize it was that many. Um, so to jump straight into the, the French elections with them looming, um, we can imagine that the polarization of voters is really playing out online. What, what have you been seeing? And can you describe any of the current trends online? Yeah, so, so, so from um, a practitioner point of view, uh, so, so we have kind of anecdotal uh, experience and evidence. So this is what we see every day. So we do we, what we call these actions every day where we scan uh, what's happening on Facebook, especially on, on media, uh, French newspapers, French media, and uh, their posts and, and the comment sections there. So we see what's the debate. Uh, and so it's kind of complicated to 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 really um, to, to to really uh, see small trends. I mean, because there's such a mess, you know, there's such so many topics being discussed. Uh, so it would need more study. It would mean uh, it would need more people and science to see large trends. But we see some already some some uh, things happening. 
And uh, there's both a kind of business as usual, because there's a lot of news on the usual topics that can generate hate. So societal, for example, societal topics, uh, there was something about, uh, about rapes, for example, or sexism, homophobia, uh, about migrants. So we see that. We had a, a topic recently about uh, the, the families of um, jihadists who are in Syria. So things like that, that we used to have all year long. But at the moment, we have a lot of topics, of course, that are around the presidential elections. Uh, and more and more, this, this wasn't so much the case, I would say, a few weeks ago. Uh, now, this is really the heart, you know, of the storm of, of what's happening with the presidential election. So there's a lot of uh, polarization, I would say, there. Um, we see a lot of hatred, some disinformation, but I would say it's mostly some kind of dishonest uh, arguments or fallacious arguments in, in the rhetoric. Um, and uh, so, so there's this, there's in the background also still a lot of uh, uh, articles, comment sections about Ukraine, of course. So this is, this is since the start of the, of the war. Uh, and we, we have this trend, which is, um, uh, it's, it's like two camps, I, I would say, but uh, I would have the feeling from what we see that most of the people, of course, are still very, very uh, touched by what's happening to Ukrainians. Uh, they, they are revolted by the injustice, by the violence. And we have the feeling we are seeing also some um, coordinated, possibly, we, we don't have proofs for that, but there, there are some hints that some um, speech might be coordinated a pro-Putin speech, for example. Um, and as for the French presidential election, we have the feeling there's a lot of activists online or uh, political activists, like supporters of Le Pen, supporters of Macron, uh, supporters of Mélenchon also. It's like if you've seen the results from the first round, uh, there's a kind of these three polls, more or less, far right, the left, the center. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, we kind of see that in the comment section. And, and there's a lot of polarization. There's, there's a lot of aggressivity, of course. I can I can only imagine. And have you are you seeing particularly harmful narratives in, in the in the polarized arguments? And if you are, could you give us any examples of the kind of thing that you're seeing? Yeah, so um, it's it's not that specially harmful as compared, I would say, to, to other so societal, uh, you know, debates. Like when it talks about minorities, this is where we would see the most uh, harmful speech. Um, but there's a lot of dishonesty. There's some disinformation. Um, and, and there's a lot of uh, hate. Well, hate against politicians. So, of course, there's a lot of hate against Macron, uh, hate against Le Pen, and so on. Uh, there, there's some um, smaller also candidates get hate. You know, they get mocked. There's mockeries and and so on. So, and and we we feel gaps also in the way uh, you know pe people talk to each other. So, as if these gaps were widening. 
uh, in the, the previous years. And now this is a kind of, you know, climax of, of this. Uh, so we're just one week and a half ahead of the, the second round and it feels like there's a, yeah, there's there's a bit this uh, this atmosphere in the French society. Um, I would say sometimes we have the feeling also some arguments are copy pasted. We had the feeling we were talking about it at Josuila uh, that some arguments we were seeing them again and again. Uh, for example, from the far right, you know there was this tactic from the far right to appear. Uh, like it wasn't the far right. There's this this kind of uh, you know argument. Oh, Le Pen is not far right. Or Zemmour is not far right. So it's like kind of completely uh, changing the the narrative and uh, uh, kind of t- turning the, the the tables. Or I don't know how to say that, but um, very very strange to see that and also to appear like very uh, social like. Uh, for the people, there's always a populist uh, argument. It's for the people. It's helping the people. It's the uh, rich. You know, this is the Macron can can be said uh, like by by uh, supporters of Marine Le Pen. They, they say, oh, he's the president of the rich people, uh, and so on. And what we see also is like um, the aggregation of <clears throat> the anti-vax community and the conspiracy theorists. Uh, complotist community uh, behind Le Pen, especially against Macron. Like Macron has federated, you know, small fringe groups against him, and so they are more on the far right side now. So this is this is what we see. That's really interesting to hear, Javier. There seems to be so many different um, different types of narratives going on there, but all centered around obviously the the same topic. So would you say there are any surprise actors at play, you know, that you wouldn't expect to be getting involved in these conversations and narratives? Yeah, I would say the surprise uh, actor was really Mélenchon uh, at the first round, uh, the the surprise political actor. And he was even said he could be a kingmaker. Now it's not so sure, but, you know, he had... Uh, re- really, um, a lot of votes from the left, uh, and and so he was able to to uh, get really close to Marine Le Pen on the first round, uh, and yeah, there's this in on social media. Even if they are not that visible, I would say there's a part of the uh, activists who support Mélenchon on, on Facebook, on, on, on Twitter, and even people from the left, voters from the left who say, uh, I'm not sure what I should do on the second round. Like, I'm really against Macron, but Le Pen uh, shouldn't, uh, you know, um, pass. Uh, this is the far right, this is dangerous, and so on. Uh, so there are some arguments uh, that are, Maybe they are pushed, maybe not. Maybe this is a, a sincere uh, questioning, but it's, um, yeah, um, maybe Le Pen is not so bad. Uh, what if we would try? Uh, I'm not going to vote for each either one of them. They are just the same. All politicians are corrupt and so on and so on. So I, I'd say this kind of, you know, um, this this part of the population bringing this debate, it's interesting because you would have people from the far right talking to them, people who are uh, pro-Macron or people who would say, yeah, you you might not like Macron, but still you need to uh, 
do something, do a barrier against uh, Le Pen so she doesn't become president. So there's a, there's this kind of discussion. Uh, it's it's quite interesting. Um, other than that, I would say a surprise actor also uh, that I saw on Twitter is uh, are foreigners. Like we we have, I I believe we have in the French debate interference from foreign actors, but here. Uh, I see also uh, foreign citizens. Uh, it can be other Europeans, Americans, and even Uc- Ukrainians who are coming and saying, don't vote Le Pen because Le Pen is a supporter of Putin. So if you want to support the Ukrainian people, just uh, make sure she doesn't become president. So don't vote Le Pen. She is, uh, you know, a, a complicit of the war crimes of uh, Putin. And this is really interesting that you have the fact that the French political debate and what's happening in France is, uh, you know, concerns everyone around and and everyone should feel concerned uh, about what's happening in France. So I see that on Reddit uh, and Twitter a lot, actually. So it's really interesting. It is indeed. And Javier, you said you have around 6,000 volunteers in France. So what what are they doing when they see um, the kind of whataboutism in relation to the far right or any disinformation that they're coming across? What kind of tactics are you using? How are you approaching it? Yeah, it's it's really... To, for us, it's difficult, um, and we try to keep it that way to differentiate what is sincere than what is uh, fabricated and coordinated. Because sometimes, you know, you could say to someone, "Oh, you're a troll," or "You're paid by Putin," for example, and you have no idea of what's what the person behind the profile. Even if you suspect something, you you have no idea. So we try to always do you know, do conversation in a sincere way and in an open-minded way, even if it can be tensed. It's, it's usually, it's difficult not to, for it to get tensed uh, and because that's emotional, because people can be extremely aggressive and our members are facing this aggressivity. Uh, sometimes it's bordering harassment and so on. So uh, there is a discussion happening. It's not always easy, but there's a, we try to keep it alive. And to say to what about is 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 the argument we see the most uh, when it comes to Russia and to Ukraine. This is the go-to argument for anyone who defends Putin. It's like, uh, yeah, but what about the West? What about NATO? What about the Americans? So this is muddying the waters on purpose or not. But uh, what we try to bring is clarity. Is like, yeah, okay, you can be critical about NATO, but this is. Uh, you know, you recenter the debate. This is the debate is about Ukraine, about what's happening at the moment, right now. The war, the war crimes. Do you deny there are war crimes? There are proofs, and so on. So, and we try to bring also the human aspects. It's like people are suffering. They should be supported, and uh, it's important uh, what people in in the EU and social media say, and how how what we write can be seen by Ukrainian citizens, by French Ukrainian citizens, you know, by refugees. And so um, so we, we try to bring that um, and to bring facts. For example, about the far right, for example, recently on French TV, there was this question, which seems amazing. It's like, Marine Le Pen, is she really uh, far right? That was a question. And I think it was an LCI. LCI and you're like, 
wow, we are now discussing if Marine Le Pen is, is far right or not. Of course, the answer was yes. So there was, but they, they had the kind of, you know, to debunk this and to go and to explain what is the far right, what is the history behind it. And sometimes, so sometimes we are a bit like, I don't know, history teachers, you know, it's like, this is what happened in the past, in the 20th century. This is what Marine Le Pen has been saying uh, years ago. Uh, this is what is a program, you know, debunking also the program of Macron, of, of Le Pen, what it means really for the society, what it's going to mean for every, uh, every French. And so there's a kind of diving into the, the, the data and, and into the history, bringing reminders, things like that. I think that's a really uh, a great way to explain it, you know, like being as like history teachers, of course, debunking things are always, it's, it's so difficult to do that. And, and fact checking, you know, that's one one way to to try and get around the, the spread of disinformation, but it is also a very difficult one. Um, you, you mentioned uh, the trolls online and, and not knowing who's behind a profile. So do you think that there's been much bot activity surrounding the elections? Uh, but not really. I, I don't think so. Um, or maybe there, there was a, for Zemmour, for example, there, there was a kind of astro, a lot of astroturfing, so a lot of coordinated activity to kind of push um, the the hashtags of the Zemmour uh, party, which is called Reconquest, Reconquête. Uh, and so they, they were very savvy, very, uh, very smart in the way they were pushing their own topics. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure if they use bots, actually, uh, but it was really the activist coordinated activity at uh, specific times, uh, even if it didn't serve them well in the end, because Zemmour maybe surprisingly was only 7% of, uh, you know, of the votes. So um yeah it's uh it's um it's it's not necessarily translating into votes but it does have an influence so um i i i don't think it's bots we we don't have the thing we see that either on um on on facebook where where on, on twitter i'm not sure but we see people who we think are trolls so this is what we suspect we would need more research on that but for example um I was talking about foreigners being present in the debate, in the French debate. Since the war started in uh, Ukraine, on French social media, we've seen a lot of, of French-speaking African people uh, from various countries in West Africa, mostly, uh, taking position to defend Putin. Like You would uh, be surprised like how a Beninese person is so supportive of Putin. So there is a part of the opinion uh, that uh, is against the West, so being against the, the colonization, for example, neo-colonialism, things like that that happened in, in Africa. So they would uh, oppose to the foreign politics of the West, and in doing so, they would support uh, possibly the, the Russian, um, Russian government. But there's a lot of activity like that. Like you would have sometimes... I don't know, almost 100% of the supporters uh, of Putin who would be uh, Africans. So it, it feels uh, it feels strange and it feels a bit, it could be coordinated. And perhaps there's also, you know, we are so in our uh, European bubble that we don't see that not necessarily everyone agree 
with the majority of the opinion in France or in Ukraine. So, uh, but that's that's kind of interesting. And we see also acti- well, activists um, from the far right, and as I was saying, activists, anti-vax activists who are really pushing a pro-Kremlin narrative um, against, against uh, you know, uh, France, uh, NATO, the West, and so on. So... Uh, there's there's probably in the in the background a lot you know of groups who who have interest to push to push certain narratives. I'm not sure it's working well, but well, that's 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 happening at the moment. Actually, Javier, it's interesting you mentioned that because as part of EOH, we've um, done an analysis of the hashtag I stand with Putin, and interestingly, in the top ten languages. Um, obviously English is number one, unidentified is number two. Number three is Hindi, then Russian, then German, Italian, Ethiopian, Indonesian, Chinese, Urdu and Spanish. So it it, it seems like it's we're seeing similar trends um, to the ones that you, you've spoken about. Um, I, I just want to kind of jump forward. We've got oh, about 10 days before the second round of the elections. What's your prognosis? What do you anticipate you're going to see over the next 10 days? And how do you think things are going to pan out in, in so far as you can say? Yeah, it's it's difficult to say. Uh, to me, I, I would say that anything is possible. So, you know, that there's going to be more. Uh, so there, there should be a debate between the two candidates and French TV. So that, that can have a, a big uh, influence. It did in 2017. Uh, there's going to be more small, you know, small clashes, small uh, sentences from both sides, from from the supporters from both sides, from the the members of the government, from uh, members of uh, Le Pen uh, team. So, so yeah, I I would say anything is possible. For now, the polls uh, are at the advantage of Macron, I think. Uh, the 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 one of the last one it's it's kind of a narrow you know advance Macron has so it's like f- fifty three I think for Macron forty seven for Le Pen but there are several ones some have more like ten points of of uh, you know um, of difference so um, anything can happen uh, the 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 big unknown is the vote of as I was saying the Mélenchon you know um, voters are they going to be so uh, you know opposing Macron that they would vote for Le Pen or that they wouldn't vote at all. A, a, a large part of them are going to vote for Macron because they they are really you know opposing Le Pen. Uh, so yeah, I, I would say uh, anything can happen. Yesterday, for example, there was there, there are some sequences on on TV that uh, uh, there was yesterday um, an activist who. Um, who, who showed during a, a press conference of Marine Le Pen, she showed a, a photo of Marine Le Pen and Putin, and she was removed right away by the security um, team of Marine Le Pen. Uh, and, and this was, uh, of course, filmed. And this, uh, you know, this is a kind of mini uh, uh, warning of what, you know, what surrounds the far right and the kind of practices that they do. So... Yeah, we're going to see more of this, I guess, every day. It's going to keep being tense and polarized. Uh, and yeah, with what we've seen in the US or in Brazil, I, I think we need to uh, get ready for anything. And, and it's never, never, never finished until the last day, you know, the very last vote. So, 
Well, on the on the topic of getting ready for anything, um, one final question that we like to ask all of our speakers on Zooming in on Hate is, if you had a magic wand and can address the most urgent issue right now, whatever you think that may be, what would you use the magic wand for? Um, yeah, the, the magic wand. I think now the magic wand, there's this Digital Services Act that is happening in the EU, which is a huge uh, text, which is going to be extremely influential for what internet will be in the future. Is it going to be a safe space? So I would maybe use that for the politicians to really do whatever they, they can to make it strong. Uh, but another, if I had another use of this magic wand, I would use it for the uh, silent majority, uh, for the more, you know, um, ponderate majority of people who are on social media or on, on internet and don't express to express their opinion, express a, a more complete, uh, complex opinion uh, which is not um, hating one or the other, but just you know, uh, tr trying to um, yeah to discuss more in depth political, social issues, environmental issues, and so yeah, so we would have a better debate, more informed debate, and as a society, we could go in the right direction. You know, just just than leaving the uh, only the extremes and the most violent and the most aggressive people uh, taking all the space. Thanks a million, Javier, for, for managing to end on a positive note in a conversation that is hard to keep positive, really, because there are so many forces at work that we don't fully understand and we're trying to get our head around. So, I mean, thank, thanks so much and thanks for your time for joining us on Zooming In on Hate. Thank you. Thank you, Lydia and uh, Hannah. Uh, thank you so much, Javier, and make sure to subscribe to our mailing list at www.eooh.eu to be updated on our next episode, and you can also join us on Twitter and LinkedIn to continue the conversation. And a special shout out to our funder, uh, that's the European Commission Rights, Equality and Citizenship Programme by DG Justice. Thanks again, Javier, um, and thank you to our listeners.